0: Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living podcast. It's Dennis, Lisa McIntyre, and Lisa. This is being released the Monday before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving! Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. So if you're if you're watching this or listening to it, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's the Monday before Thanksgiving. And we are getting
1: ready to run a turkey trot on Thursday. We are trotting with
0: turkeys. We're, We're trotting have turkey with turkeys. hats. Yeah. All of our kids I'm are actually. Do it with us. Yeah,
1: yeah. I need to. I actually need to pick up something else because we need. I think some of our turkey hats need to be replaced. I might wear a
0: pilgrim costume this year. We'll see.
1: Oh, one year we saw um, these three girls and they had made a boat and they were the... Mayflower. They were were the Mayflower. And they're
0: running like with a cardboard boat all together in a line. We digress. Okay, so happy Thanksgiving. Listen, we want to do something special. So this is just for this week only, like the Black Friday through Cyber Monday idea. So listen, if you're listening to this afterwards... Sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Well, but okay. if it's Cyber Monday, you still got it.
0: Yeah. okay, but if you're listening th- listen anyways, accelerate fast track. On the website, it's 147, and here's what it is. It is a 12-week fast-track program where where you get 12 strategies, 12 thinking tools, 12 quick action steps over a 90-day period where your life can look radically different, where you can overcome any obstacle, where you increase your awareness, where you overcome some of the thinking styles, and you really figure out how do you self-motivate yourself. So if you have lacked motivation, this is the program for you. And so it's a 12-week program called Accelerate. It's 147 on the website, but hold Black on. Black Friday special. Black Friday special, Cyber Monday special, $25. Wow,
1: that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, we, that's a great thing because, you know, it's Thanksgiving and then it's going to be Christmas and then it's going to be the new year. And really set we yourself all, up for all need something settings. to kind of bump our new year.
0: Yeah. And so listen, we want you to have it. You're worth a $25 investment. We wanted to do anything possible to really bless you and help you, especially during this season. So happy Thanksgiving. It's there for you. And so Lisa, let's dive into kind of, we're finishing up the last part of these roadblocks of leaders. And what I love about offering Accelerate, if you get Accelerate, it kind of dovetails right into the same it conversation. Really does.
1: It really does. So if, if these last three podcast and the one today just kind of hit home with you, oh my gosh, Accelerate is is just going to be, you're going to get so much out of it. And so what we've been talking about, our very first um, podcast that we were doing on these leadership roadblocks was... It was all about performance, performance roadblocks. And these performance roadblocks, they're kind of a big deal. It's fear of failure. It's burnout and stress. It's lack of empathy. And those are kind of ouch. And then the, the, what, two weeks ago, we did the personal and the character roadblocks. And these were perfectionism, micromanaging, micromanaging tendencies, and then also the imposter syndrome.
0: Thanks.
1: Yeah, that's kind of ouch. And then last week, we talked about... um, these relational roadblocks and these were overwhelming responsibility uh fear of confrontation and people pleasing and so but today is more of an emotional roadblocks. these yeah. are more things that kind of are right kind of on the inside well
0: and people don't really see
1: yeah you don't even realize it
0: yeah and so one that we want to kind of cover today is this whole idea of ego and hubris yeah. and, and and this is this is a big deal right because as you kind of Elevate yourself where you think you're better than what you really are.
1: And everybody else knows that you think you're better than what you really are. And that's ouch.
0: It really is, right? And so I think the big idea here is that sometimes people lack self-awareness. And so we've really developed some introspective introspection skills, like things like the trigger identifier, the frustration reducer, the aggravation aggravator. we got a whole suite of tools. And especially, I think that's what the people love about the roundtable. If you want information about the roundtable, we can give you that to you. But they love that because every quarter they get together and come together for a day and really look back and use some of these introspection skills to really propel their life forward.
1: Well, and it's a safe space too yeah. because it's a safe space for people to to give you that that feedback on your own behavior. And and it doesn't matter what you say in there because we all come into it with a level of respect and wanting the other person to grow. And so the roundtable is a is an environment of hey, this is a safe mm-hmm. space to be vulnerable and it's for my growth, and you all are here for me, and then I'm here for everyone else.
0: Well, and I think it's that whole idea of getting feedback from others. And here's the key question is simply, hey, how did I show up? It's this question that I've used with myself quite a bit. It's been very helpful as I walk into a situation and maybe didn't have quite the results I wanted to have or the outcomes that I was hoping for. And I always have to step back and go, okay, Dennis, how did you show up here? Yeah. Because sometimes I don't I don't even see it. I know we've had this conversation where after after a conversation with a team member or somebody, you would you would just say, That was way too direct. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Really? But you don't see it. You don't know what you don't know. And simply asking yourself, Hey, how did I show up? And asking other people, Hey, in this situation, how did I show up? I have kind
1: of a gross example. Okay. It's kinda like, you know, when you kinda have a booger on your nose but you don't know it. Do I have a booger on my nose? No, you're good. But It's – but unless you're in front of a mirror, Mm -hmm. you're not going to know that you got something hanging from your nose unless somebody – I know, isn't it gross? But it's a great example. And and unless somebody tells you and you're like, hey, this is how you showed up. And I Mm -hmm. didn't even know I had a booger hanging from my nose.
0: We should name this podcast, Do You Have a Booger Hanging From Your Nose? Yeah. Anyway. It probably won't be listened to. Okay. So we'll we'll come up with a different name. And so this whole idea of how did I show up? And then sometimes when we have a lot of ego or hubris, it's like we overestimate our abilities. And I think really a great idea is always have a learning mindset. I come into every situation. What can I learn? Every relationship. Okay. What can I learn from that Mm -hmm. person? Right. Lisa, we just had a couple over for dinner on Saturday night and I sat down. I'm just I get a little anal about some of this stuff, I think. Right. And I just sat down. Okay, what did I what can I learn from them? Right. And I wrote these three characteristics that really I thought this was after afterwards. And I really got some great learning because I thought, wow, that's who I also want to be.
1: I don't think that's anal. I think it's productive. I think it's that that post event, post situation evaluation and and. Self-awareness is is healthy.
0: And I think you'd only get that if you have a learning mindset. But if you have a lot of ego, right, you have a, and you have a lot of hubris, you're not going to step in and, hey, I can't learn anything. I know everything. And really, it's, it's a slippery slope. And so we just want you just to just maybe check your ego at the door, just maybe look and go, hey, is, could this be me? And I think some of the skills is really using empathy. Kind of connect with people on an emotional level helps you not feel superior, And always remember that I've made mistakes too. And sometimes we judge others by our actions, by their actions, and we judge us by our intentions. Right. Right. Somebody's late. Somebody's late. Well, they're just a lazy person, but you're late and you're late too. And you go, well, no, you got to understand my kids were sick and I didn't sleep much. And, you know, I had to feed the dog before I left and I'm five minutes late. So it's okay. Right. And I just judged this person harshly, but I gave myself a pass. Right. And if we're not careful, it's like really learning empathy. And I, I think the key here is really practicing servant leadership and, and servant leadership. You focus on what the other person needs and what the other person needs to grow.
1: Like, hmm. what do they
0: need? How do they need to grow? Like almost how can you help them? And here's what we've realized is that if we always take a servant leadership approach with our team, how can we serve them? How can they help us or how can we help them? It always in the end ends up helping the organization it, because people always feel you before they hear you. And they know if, you know, you're a transformational leader, like you're after like, how can I help you? And how can I get your heart? And how can I just bless your life more than just a transactional leader? So really practicing mm-hmm. service, servant leadership. And, and then I think being just being grateful. Almost acknowledging the contributions of others. I mean, just learning to say thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean that puts yourself in kind of a little bit more of a humble position. It's like, yeah. hey, thank you. If you're truly expressing thanks and gratitude, it's because it's it's putting someone else before yourself.
0: And I think that's the key. And you can never go wrong with that with that approach. Uh, another one is uh, resistance to change. Yeah. So, so kind of what? So leaders and organizations that deal with mm-hmm. this kind of help us out so, here a little
1: bit. So, a 2016 study from yeah. the Journal of Organizational Change Management in 2016 found that the importance of fostering cultural adaptability and embracing mm. change was was a serious competitive advantage. Okay. Okay. So this is back in 2016. Yep. And. Um, leaders and organizations that resist change often struggle to innovate and remain competitive. So they figured this out in 2016. They kind of yeah. did this study. Okay, think about it. This was before 2020. Mm-hmm. This was before COVID, before the great shutdown, when, when we all had to do some serious innovation and change. And this was even before that. So how much more now, post the great shutdown, post 2020, are we needing to be able to be open to change and be able to step into change more quickly. And honestly, I think that's one of the benefits that that happened as a result of 2020, 2021, and even 2022. Is we all learned, hey, I think we need to be a little less resistant to change. And being resistant to change, it it impacts our ability to retain hmm. and to attract top talent. Um, different. Gen- younger generation people younger than us you know and we're really young we, we probably about a year ago did a did some podcasts on the importance of different generations yeah. and when what they value and yeah. what it means and those that are between their 20s and 40s i mean it progressively is the importance of being able to change and yeah. the desire to change and the desire for a difference. And and if you as a company, you as a leader, aren't willing to be open to new ideas and aren't being willing to change or being willing to even think about change, it's going to affect your ability. To attract this top talent and right. to retain this top talent and with us having so many t- issues with retention and and there's, there's hiring freezes and people that are trying to get jobs and it's just a crazy market right now. And so don't be resistant to change right. because it's yeah. going to completely kind of stop you from being able to adapt and be effective and progress forward rather than closer doors. I mean, we we see all of these stores that were around for years and decades when we were growing up and we're like, huh, you know, they're not around anymore.
0: Yeah, it was like they weren't able to change. And, and do you think sometimes, Lisa, and we're just talking for a minute, is that sometimes when leaders have like such a tight grip on control, you're not able to change, right? When you're focused right. on controlling, because when it's change, it's like change is messy. I can't control it. It just happens. It's outside of my control, and it's this ability to respond to whatever event or circumstance comes your way.
1: And when you have that tight grip, then you're not open. Then you're possibly dealing with ego and hubris. Oh, nice. and you're not open to the that information from other people. Yeah, that's good. So a few strategies to kind of help you be Mm -hmm. not resistant to change is embrace change as a necessary part of growth and improvement.
0: Well, I'm glad our kids change.
1: Yeah. Can you right. imagine if they were still like 15 pounds and wearing a diaper? I mean
0: Imagine Imagine if our 30 year old was still wearing a diaper.
1: Oh yeah, that would be
0: that would be bad. Yeah. Let's yeah, not. What, yeah. We'll and have to so, share this podcast with
1: you. <laughs> Another strategy for overcoming the resistance to change would be yeah. communicating the reasons why change is necessary behind communicating those reasons for that change clearly. Yep. Not just throwing it up on someone, but but Clearly, and even answering questions because you could have some people that are resistant to the change or they're resistant to the particular change that you're wanting to make and it can be the full spectrum or it can even be why we're not going to change, re- resistant to changing too quickly. Yeah. And so there's there's quite a spectrum on that. It's,
0: it's almost like sell people in the context before you sell them in the content, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, this is the context, this is why, and this is what we're going to do. Instead of this is what we're going to do and just leave the context out because yeah. right? It, it, it's almost this idea of every message needs a meaning. Right, and when we just give the message without the meaning, it just creates messes.
1: We also talk about it as the why behind. Yeah, this is the why behind what we're wanting to do. Yeah. So, another strategy for um, helping with that resistance to change would be involve team members in the decision making, pull in other brains, yeah. and let's let's kind of have a group think time, an ideation meeting, or um, a time when we can work through some of these things because. The worst thing to do would be to change, and it honestly is not the best change. And not
0: have all the information.
1: Not have all the information. It not be not be accurate. It not be not be profitable with our with our time and our resources and our talent.
0: Well, Lisa, I mean, just today we were going to make a change, and I almost just made a directive change. You said, "Hold yeah, on,
1: you were let's ask, you were headed there."
0: I was headed there, and you said, "Hold on, hey, in another team member was in there. What do you think?" And she gave this other perspective that we we're able to step back and. And I thought, okay, that's—I didn't think that way. That's a good thought, and so it really helped the decision-making process because we allowed everybody, you know, to share in the decision-making.
1: Absolutely. And then another um, key help for resistance to change would be provide support during transitions. Transitions are—they're—they're they're kind of messy, and it's not smooth, and we're not quite sure, you know, what it's going to look like or how it's going to feel, and so. Su- providing support and that could be having the door open a little bit longer having better communication for back and forth answers you know we're we're transitioning from this method of doing communicating with our clients to this method yeah. and being able to have that back and forth and is this really is this the change and is this the way that we're doing it does it come across the way we want and it and that support would be just it might take a little bit longer than you think hmm. it should but it's super valuable, super important.
0: Yeah, and I think change is a team sport. It is. So, right, so we're not meant to change alone. And then, Lisa, the last one that we want to cover in this whole series, emotional detachment. Emotional detachment. So what do you mean by that?
1: Okay, so emotional detachment is, is being disengaged or, or maybe mm-hmm. even being compartmentalized. So hmm. being disengaged from our work, from what we do emotionally, it's, you know what it is? It's hmm. not giving our heart and soul. Now, we're not saying give your heart and soul and die on the desk of your office. That's not we're, yeah. what we're saying. It's like in everything you do, do it Do it with, with what all that you've got.
0: Right. Do it with your whole heart. Do
1: it with your whole heart. Absolutely. So there's a recent Gallup study. Yeah. Okay. And it found that only about a third of employees in the U.S. are engaged in their work. Hmm. Ouch. Yeah. And one factor to contribute to the disengagement was the lack of emotional connection with their leaders.
0: And really, that's why we created Emotionally Intelligent. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't gotten that, that course yet, we'll put a link in the podcast and you can get some more information on it. But Lisa, what typically happens we've seen with clients, especially larger organizations, is phenomenon quit but stay. Yeah, where it's like, hey, that person really quit emotionally five years ago, but boy, they're still here getting a paycheck.
1: Absolutely, quit but stay is the epitome of emotional detachment. Yeah, it's so, it's I'm putting my it's putting my time in. I've got my time card. But I'm not really here. So you're not gonna get my ideas. You're not going to get my creativity.
0: And those are the things that you can't pay for. Well, and
1: those the are the pro- things you
0: gotta earn as leaders. The
1: problem is, is if you're the leader and you're quit but stay.
0: <sighs> oh gosh.
1: You know, that's that's why this study from Gallup showed that mm-hmm. a third of employees were engaged. Yep. Only a third. Yeah. Because there was so much detachment from the leaders. Now I get it. Sometimes there's things that happen in your life outside of the doors of the office. Yeah. And sometimes you have to put that energy somewhere else. And so you can't fully be, fully give everything you can, but that's okay because that's just how seasons are. And so maybe- We're, we're need, talking,
0: this is a lifestyle.
1: Yes, we're talking a lifestyle of being able to be open mm-hmm. and vulnerable in a professional way yeah. in, on your team. Yeah. And and this could be on your team, in your charitable organization. It could be in your office. It could be even in your family. Damn. But once you begin to detach emotionally, it's essentially it's compartmentalizing. It's taking that part of yourself and separating it out and saying, I'm sorry, but You can't play here in this space, which is really difficult when you're having when you want to have a relationship with someone else and and they've got their walls up and they are not allowing other people to be part of that. And so essentially they're an island to themselves And it's it's very it's very difficult, and this this is a roadblock to a good leader. If you're a leader of your family or an organization or your team, yeah. So, so what
0: are some of these overcoming strategies?
1: So, first of all, is recognize the importance Mm -hmm. of emotional intelligence in leadership. Being really being aware of, hey, what am I feeling? What's going on? How
0: am I showing up? How
1: am I showing up? And and we talk about it. What's under the table? It's yeah. like above the table. This is, is the what, information. It's the information. It's what everyone it's can content. see. It's the content. Under the table is the context. It's right. how you really feel about it. It's what you really think that you don't want to say. <laughs> yeah. Or it's even the motivation and the meaning behind what's driving you to do what you're doing. You know, you are. You were talking about this. Um, Earlier, we, we, you were getting ready to make a decision yeah. and, you know, we were involving our, our t- another team member and we talked about it later. And it was like, so why were you stepping down that? And you were just going to say, okay, I'm just going to make a leadership decision and we're going to do it this way. What was driving that? Yeah. Well,
0: and, and I think what we discovered is we kind of talked about it was I always need to see forward movement, right? And
1: it, forward movement is important. In the right time with the right information.
0: Right. But sometimes it's such a driver that if I'm not careful, right, it it really becomes this roadblock, right? And and ego might have played a little bit into this, just to be honest and truthful, right? And so just stepping back and going, okay, why did I do that? And really understanding that. Mm -hmm. Well, the great thing is, is that once, once I saw it, boy, I can totally change it. And that's why we really developed the leadership scorecard is so that you can really see it. So if you're having trouble, maybe, listen, maybe you don't even think you deal with these areas, but we want you to download it, take the self-assessment, share it with your team members, share it with your relationships and say, Hey, score me on this. What do you think? And really get some honest feedback so that you can see some of these blind spots that are really roadblocks standing in your way
1: absolutely 100% so important because people don't even know that they're emotionally detached because you can't you can't see the booger that's hanging off your nose
0: you don't really have
1: one okay so another strategy for this overcoming this emotional detachment is connecting with your team on a personal level while maintaining professionalism and i appreciate that right now Culture interviews and cultural fits are kind of a big deal in yeah, I in that. our workforce I really today because when you culturally fit and when you um, when there's these cultural interviews and you find out okay yes this is a this just this we just jive yep. you know then you can be more likely to connect with your team on a personal level but in a professional way maintaining your professionalism so that's another way to kind of move away from this emotional detachment is finding ways to connect and then showing empathy and concern for for someone else's well-being also is a way to to connect when you find yourself not showing empathy when you find yourself someone else is like man you know i just i just really don't feel that great today i just woke yeah. up and and i'm you know but i'm here and i've got my coffee and instead of saying something like great how you know good for you you can do it <laughs> right well that's okay but something more along the lines of wow yeah that's that's kind of tough um you know if if anything comes up uh, i can take something or i can i can help shoulder it yeah. or or even later on in the day at lunchtime being like Just hey circle, back and, circle back and be like hey how are you doing yeah. How are you doing with that? Are you are you feeling any better? Can I get you another coffee? Yeah. And so, rather than like old punch in the arm, you can do it. You know, kind of well, joining in with them and showing empathy and 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 genuine and genuine concern.
0: Well, and it's like I think the number one need that people have is like I I want to feel like you get me, like you understand who I am, and, and I think that's even part of the secret of motivation is that you motivate people according to how they like to be motivated, and, and you lead people according to the way that they like to be led, not the way that, hey, this is my favorite leadership style. Just be directive and just give me the task, right? Because that doesn't work with everybody. And So stepping back, right. really looking at your team members and, and really showing some of that empathy is is huge. Um, Lisa, I I think I got to go back for me when I kind of think about it is this whole idea of ego, unfortunately.
1: Hmm.
0: And, and, Ouch! Yeah, a little bit hurtful, right? But it, it's good that I see it because I, I I really need to step back and continue to ask myself, hey, how am I showing up here? Because I don't want to be misunderstood. Yeah. And I think if I'm not careful, I don't know when I'm so direct. I just don't know how I'm showing up. So really, looking at my outcomes, looking at my results, and continuing to ask myself, like, how did I show up? Yeah,
1: that's really good.
0: What about you? Was big um, takeaway? You know,
1: I really I do like the ego and hubris. You um, like it? No, I mean I like that concept that <laughs> yeah, we talked about right. today. Yep. Um, because it's it's more than just maybe disregarding someone else. Yeah. It's also being open and available mm-hmm. for someone else's opinion or someone mm-hmm. else's yeah. feedback on how you're how you're behaving or how you're showing up and being okay with, hey, you know, you kind of came across kind of hard today. Yeah. And And instead of putting that wall up and being and thinking, oh well, no, I didn't. Actually, being able to think, hmm, is do I do I witness do I bear witness with that? Is that actually true, or it could just be that person's perception of me? Yeah. And so being able to evaluate, and rather than brushing off and saying no, they're they just don't know what they're talking about or they don't know me very well. Actually sitting and thinking, huh, okay, is there value to their statement? Because that's another level of keeping that ego and hubris away.
0: Yeah, at least it's been great. So listen, this is Thanksgiving week. If you're listening to it currently during this week, Friday, Black Friday through Cyber Monday, accelerate. 12-week, three-month, quick quick personal development, action plans. You're going to develop more awareness. really going to deal with some of these actually roadblocks that you have. And on the website, it's typically $147, $25. You are worth $25. So we want you to have it and um, you'll get it. And it's really a great program.
1: And jumpstart your year.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So listen, I think our work is done here. So we'll see you next time on the Drama for Living Podcast.